This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Blinkist. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Go to Blinkist.com slash Nomeet to try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash Nomeet to get started. This episode is also brought to you by Vistro. Vistro is a nationwide 100% plant-based meal delivery service. Visit TryVistro.com. That's T-R-Y-V-E-E-S-T-R-O dot com slash N-M-A to try the six most popular meals for just $49. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Matt, we made a pretty big deal a couple weeks ago about how uh, we were in a groove, and no matter what, we don't skip an episode, and then last week we (laughs) we missed an episode. I think think we said we don't miss twice, right? Which is exactly... Oh, that's right. There you go. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was, uh, we even said we were going to miss, right? Because I was going to be think away. We, we said we were going to do a replay, and no, we, didn't just, do that. we couldn't get that together. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But anyway, I have exciting news, Doug. Oh, I want to hear it. It has to do with why, why we skipped. Okay. Uh, so I was away. I was at a wedding in Italy along the Amalfi Coast, which was beautiful. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was a really cool day. Cool. I mean, cool four days, really. It was like a four-day wedding celebration. And uh, one of the days we had a boat. We, they, the wedding people had got this boat that we just hopped from town to town on and wow. uh and in one of the spots we went to lunch we we you know the boat pulled up to this restaurant we took little tender boats whatever they're called into the restaurant which tinder is right boats? there on the water like little <laughs> yeah tinder we did tinder we swiped left or whatever it is. <laughs> like little dinghies what do you mean little tinder no i think boats? it's i think it's called tendering when you when your boat like on a cruise when your boat doesn't actually go into the port it just hangs out because it can't get into the port and then huh. little smaller boats come and they they shuttle you in. Oh, uh, okay. So we tendered some good, the, uh, <laughs> some some good, some good uh, marine, nautical, mar- maritime or not nautical, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> lingo. Exactly. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm really into the nautical scene, so. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, so we we're eating lunch, and uh, our table had to get moved for some weird. It was people were being really weird about our table having to be moved, and no one really understood why. Well, then a few minutes later, we were eating, and we looked up, and there was LeBron James sitting there eating lunch with i believe his wife and two like huge bodyguards at the table next to them <laughs> and, and like as soon as we started like murmuring about it as soon as people caught on those guys like walked over i mean he probably didn't expect on his honeymoon in amalfi coast to run and walk into a restaurant with like 40 or 60 americans there eating um <laughs> so they just came over and was like look he's on his honeymoon or not his honeymoon, he's on vacation just just try to be cool. We're like, yeah, we're fine, whatever. Just try uh, to be, just be cool, man. Just be cool. Yeah. But <laughs> the I bodyguards did. came over and told you that? Yeah, yeah. They just they just I don't know. I guess I guess they have to do that. But uh That's hilarious. It was neat. He I mean he like he I thought we were getting really cool good service, like for this wedding thing that we had reserved a I don't know, just got a nice experience. But they for him they like brought over this, some special wine wrapped in tissue paper and then <laughs> brought over like three like huge I think they were huge fishes, like whole fishes. And he was like, I'll have that one and then they did like a lobster thing. They like fished lobsters out of this pool that was in the thing and served those to him. So it was cool. I mean, he he was seemed like a very I don't know. I didn't talk to him or anything, so don't know if he was cool or not. But he, but it was neat to see him, and it was it was. I mean, he's one of the most recognized athletes in the world, I think. Yeah. Right. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know how big is he over overseas. I think pretty big. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, maybe not on the level of, of some of the soccer players, but. Uh, 
pretty big. I mean, he's also a pretty big guy, you know? Like, you yeah. see a guy that big, and you're like, you got to know he's something. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's a good celebrity cool. sighting. I yeah. like a celebrity sighting. I don't get many. I mean, I, I've had a few, but uh, I guess, mm-hmm. I don't know, in Nashville, we don't really get many celeb sightings. But then I got yeah. to thinking about which ones I'd had had, and I got I remembered the Sarah McLaughlin uh, hacky sack story, which I told on this podcast <laughs> a long, long time ago. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah, and then uh, and I also I had a Dave Grohl meeting. Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters. My friend and I met him at South by Southwest. Which like I ran into have, him, or well, we knew where he we knew where their car was going to be, and they were sound checking, and they came out, and he was just totally cool. Like I guess a lot of rock stars would kind of just walk by, but he, I swear, we hung out for him like twenty minutes and just talked. And ah, he was that funny. guy is cool, man. Yeah, yeah. And, I have a good picture. I'll show you with me and my friend and him. Oh, uh, that that's cool. And it, you know the story, like he got snowed in in Nashville last year. No, I didn't know. I didn't hear that at all. He he was playing a show in Nashville at the arena, and um, it was the day that like. We got that massive snow and everything shut down. Right. Um, and so they got stuck here. They couldn't get their bus out. And so they um, they played an impromptu show at Orange Peel. Oh, was that with Warren Haynes? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I heard about that show, and I did not know it had to do with him getting snowed in. I thought he just he just did it for whatever reason. Yeah, no, he got stuck for an extra night. And um, yeah, and he just like, you know, played like a free show for... I don't know if it feels free, I guess, that, but, right. um, you know, but like, I don't know. It just seemed really cool. He was just hanging out and yeah, wanted to make music. Yeah, he's one of those guys, fun. I mean, they're, I mean, I don't know how big they are in this, in this, you know, big picture of rock stars. I think they're pretty big. I mean, they've been around forever and sure. they've lasted and he was well, in Nirvana. Nirvana, right. right, yeah. And he has, he's remained remarkably cool. Like, you just hear all these stories about him as he just seems like not, not one of those horrible rock stars. But <laughs> anyway. Maybe we should start a TMZ podcast i think that'll be good i think we're really in the know when it comes to that stuff definitely so. we, we can talk about your three slivery sightings and, <laughs> yeah. and i'm trying to think if i've had any <laughs> i don't know that i have um yeah we'll just keep talking about those good all right all right so we uh here's what we're doing today doug we we racked our brains for topics last night and all <laughs> week really i've been trying hard uh-huh. Because our friend Stephen is in town. Stephen, who... Uh, Speaking of celebrity sighting, he was on our podcast. There, He's kind of a go. celebrity there. That's right. We've made him into a celebrity. Uh, <laughs> but he's been in town visiting Asheville all week, stayed with me for the past couple days, and uh, we were just trying... He's a big podcast fan, so we were thinking, what, what would be a good topic, Stephen? Help us come up with one. And, uh, you know, it just seems to be a sign of the times. It's impossible to come up with new topics. But finally we said, <laughs> Q&As are always good. People like Q&As. And Stephen, as a big podcast fan, said he... Sometimes he'll listen to the first 10, 15 minutes of an episode, and then uh, once we start the interview or the topic, he'll turn it off because he just likes the beginning <laughs> bit. So, and that's fine because I like to appeal to people who are big fans. So I said, what, what do you do with Q&A episodes? Because we see that they get downloaded a lot. I never understand why, but mm-hmm. they do. And he said, those are the ones. I like those. those. I listen to those. And I guess because, I don't know, maybe the, Q, the questions are filled with banter. Steven, why don't you tell us why, why you like Q&A episodes? Um, well, hey there. It's, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. I guess I enjoy knowing what other people want to know it's, mm. um like if it's a topic i've missed like if there's some answer to a question that i haven't even figured out that i should be asking and also <laughs> there is just a bit of a uh it's it's more conversational it's more it's you know it's no, it doesn't always have to be super inspiring and super relevant it's just a bit of a back and forth and i enjoy that whole thing there we go it's like the intros the whole time but with a little bit of info. <laughs> but hopefully a little bit of info in there yeah definitely so anyway, that's what we're doing today. We are pulling some questions from Instagram. Um, and also, Stephen has written some questions, which are a little bit different from the ones we typically get on Instagram. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and uh, he can ask us those. You'll read the Instagram ones, and we'll just have a grand old time. I can't wait. This is going to be fun. Good. All right. Well, let's start with uh, with Instagram. With Instagram? I thought, I don't know. What I do thought you, we were starting with Steven. <laughs> that works for me. Let's start with Steven. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, cool. Well, mine are basically, um, I've got a few random ones about all sorts of topics, but I was curious about the origins of No Meat Athlete. So the first one is the name, because I think a lot of people know the story, the Boston Marathon thing, going vegetarian, but actually the name No Meat Athlete, did that just pop up from somewhere? Uh, yeah, I mean, it mostly did just pop up from somewhere. I, I, had, I was on the internet watching interviews and things, and I said, I want to start this business, and I started... Googling around, I mean, it wasn't even business. It was the thing. I wanted to start this blog and thinking maybe one day we'll sell T-shirts. And uh, I guess I was I was in the mode of trying to come up with a nice catchy name that would work for T-shirts because that was my that was my vision for this thing. My grand vision was that one day we would have T-shirts. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember how the rhyme came. I, I have a you may have seen it on the 10th anniversary post that we did. I put a little picture from the journal where I was actually writing a bunch of names yeah, in, yeah. and I. I had several because then I was not even vegetarian. I was pescatarian, but I was kind of on the way. And I had pescatarianathlete.com as one of them. And uh, <laughs> that wouldn't have been such a good t shirt. But uh, <laughs> then I had zero meat athlete, I think. And I had no meat athlete. And I was just checking to see if any of these were taken. And I couldn't, once I, once I found no meat athlete, I could not believe it was not taken. Uh, so that, you know, just rhymed. And I think I then took it to Aaron and maybe someone else and said, hey, look, which of these do you like best? And everyone said, no meat athlete's the winner. But it's been, I mean, it's a good name. I like it. it the fact that it should have a hyphen in it is always <laughs> bothers me because uh, it just should. But hmm. I wouldn't want that to be in the URL, so I didn't put it in the URL because if you have hyphens in URLs, it looks like a spam site. So I didn't do that. But then it like, well, should we have it on the books and should it be on the shirts? So we, for a while, we had a star in, in the middle of the no and the meat. But Anyway. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, on the original t-shirts that I made, uh, or the t-shirt design that I made in Microsoft Publisher or whatever it was, huh. um, that we just used a little star. So, there yeah. you go. There you That's go. I, I didn't problem. even know that. I still, you know, to this day, not to this day, but, you know, uh, well, yes, to this day, but not, uh, blah, anyway. Um, I, people come up to me all the time and say, No Meat Athlete is like the brilliant, the, most, the perfect name. I don't know. People always comment on the name. They're like, like even if they're not followers or of anything, you know, they just know that I work with an athlete, and they're like, "That's just such a good name." It it's a good name because it rhymes and it's good, but you know, it it also like in the early days we got a lot of complaints from people. I guess because we put on this really welcoming, not welcoming front, but but that was what we were. As it was, we were all about welcoming, not preachy, not not the militant vegetarian or vegan thing. Um, but no meat sounded like you know negative and sort of commanding i don't know it's just it's not like plant-based athlete is which is somewhat more no meat exactly exactly but anyway it has worked really well probably probably the reason that we're still doing this is that it's a good name (laughs) well i'm glad certainly not for because we're good If only we were pescatarianathlete.com. Yeah, no. Misspelled, by the way. Misspelled. Yeah. I think it was like pescatarian instead of pescatarian. That's funny. So. We wouldn't wouldn't be working together if it was that. (laughs) All right. What's next? My next question was kind of related to that. You talked about the journal and the original sketches and plans you had. I remember in that blog post, the uh, original drawings you had, the logos and stuff. And I'm wondering where the carrot came from. 
The carrot only came because somehow when I thought of when we had the name, it was like let's make and, and the attitude. It was like this is gonna be a fun thing. This is not gonna be you know you have to go vegan or we hate you kind of thing. Uh, my sister was living with me at the time, and she's a pretty good artist. And uh, we, I said like you know what the brand Life is Good was out then, or maybe they're still out, but. I just said, like, that's kind of a fun attitude. I like that vibe. That'd be good if we did that. So let's make some things like that. And we're like, how about some fruits and vegetables that are doing athletic things? And so she drew this whole array of them. And some are actually pretty good, like tomatoes, bench pressing, and different things. But uh, the carrot, you know, because it's kind of shaped like a person, I guess, shaped like a slender fit person, uh, that was the one that that just looked right. So she drew it, scratched one out on uh, Microsoft Paint. Well, these Microsoft programs were instrumental in the development of <laughs> I mean, athlete branding in the early days. Uh, and it evolved from there, and, and it's still kind of around. That, that little running carrot guy still shows up on certain things. Oh, yeah. I mean, we use them for yeah. throwback stuff and yep. our uh, yoga pants. So there you go. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. What's next? All right, why don't we do, a, why don't we do a, an Instagram-sourced okay. question? Right. Mix it up. Um, all right, let's see. Biggest difference between running a trail marathon versus a trail ultra, 63K. So that would be Ooh. what? 63K. Like 50 or 40. Plus 20%. Like 40 miles-ish. Yeah. Um, 30, 38 maybe. Why don't you tell us, Doug? I mean, I've never done a trail marathon, so I don't know. But you probably do. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if we're talking about uh, 38 miles versus 26 miles, I mean, the biggest difference is definitely just going to be the time out there, and, uh, the, the miles. Uh, if you're, you know, because it's a trail marathon, you kind of already have a good feel for what it's like to race on a trail, which is very different than like a road marathon. So if you're going from a road marathon to a 63K trail ultra, then, um, you know, there's a lot more to consider, you know, just with the variations in trail and the, there's often hills and grades and things that you don't find on the road. Um, and then space, you know, I mean, I remember the first time I ran a trail race and was stuck in a line of like 30 people on a single track trail. And I just like had never experienced anything like that before, uh, you know, trying to figure out whether I should pass people or just kind of lock in behind other people um, and how close to run and, and all that stuff. I mean, you know, for your first trail race, you kind of go through a lot of different questions that you don't consider ahead of time deep, deep questions oh. deep questions <laughs> should i trip the person in front of me should i <laughs> no um yeah as a, but if you've already done a trail marathon then switching to a trail ultra i mean the biggest thing is just going to be the distance and so um i pay a lot of attention to fueling because you're going to be out there at least a couple more hours and uh, make sure that you're you're fueling from the very beginning and continuing to fuel throughout the entire race uh Pay a lot of attention to pacing. Find that kind of all-day pace that you can lock in that's just very comfortable, not too strenuous, that you feel like you could literally run all day long if you needed to, which you practically are going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I would uh, just make sure your attitude because because you're going to be out there for so much longer. Um, you know, say the trail marathon took you four and a half hours. This might take you seven hours. Uh, which is a big difference. So just make sure your attitude is good and you're having fun and staying positive and trying not to let anything get you down, roll with, roll with punches, all those cliches that actually do mean a lot for your race. Yeah, there you go. Um, Doug, if, you, if you're if you going from marathon to 50K and typically the 50Ks are trails 
and marathons typically are not. Um, we've we've talked about before how the how it's two things. You got the five mile distance increase, and you've got the road to trail mm-hmm. transition, and that those two things together end up to something that is, you know, maybe maybe forty percent harder, significantly harder, significantly longer day. Yep. Um, what do you think is the harder part of that? If you if you're going from road marathon, would it be easier to go to trail marathon? And I know there's tremendous variation in trails, but or would it be easier to go to 50k road? What's or the, 50k road? Yeah. What's the more significant part? Is it the five mile increase or is it the transition to trail running? Well, I would say the transition to trail running probably, but I would also say that the temptation if you're if you've done several road marathons would be to, and you're doing a road 50k it would be to. Um, you know, pay a lot of attention to splits and like really, mm-hmm. you know, really kind of race it the same way you would a marathon. Um, and in an ultra, in a trail ultra, you know, splits don't, I mean, they kind of matter a little bit if you're like really trying to race, but for the most part, you're just not even paying attention to that stuff um, unless you're chasing cutoffs. And because of the variation in the trail and because, you know, it's just so much harder to keep like a steady pace. Um, and so I would say that, that, the trail would be the harder thing, but you should be really careful about how you're pacing a, f- yeah. a road 50 K. Right. How about you? Uh, I think the trail part is definitely the, hard. I mean, it just requires so much more learning, right? The, the road mm-hmm. part is you already know how to do that. You just need to slow down a little bit and do it for longer. Mm-hmm. The trail just changes everything. I mean, there's so much more you need to learn and so much more that comes from experience of having done a few of those. So like mm-hmm. way more likely to make a big mistake, I think on a, on your first trail marathon than right. it would be on your first road 50 K. Yeah. One of, one of the next questions was actually if there are road ultramarathons. Oh, and of, okay. And of, and of course there are. They're uh, the there biggest are. one. I, I think the biggest ultramarathon in the world. We were actually talking about UTMB last night. The three of us were and how that was the Why biggest. Why don't you tell us what that is, Doug, for the people who are uh, Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. fans. <laughs> we, we were talking about the Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc, okay. um, which is a, it's something like 105 miles uh Circum- no, no, no. That's trail. You circumnavigate Mont Blanc, um, and but I, I, I think I told you guys that it was the biggest ultra in the world, and that's incorrect. Um, I'm not even 100 percent sure that it's the biggest trail ultra in the world, but the biggest. Well, I know what the biggest is. Is comrades? Yeah. It's like I don't know a whole bunch, way more people, tens of thousands of. People. And that's like a two marathons, right? Double marathon sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And tens of thousands. I think so. Okay. Um, so that, and that is the, that's a road mar- ultra marathon. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so there's definitely other, and there's plenty of other ones. There's track ones. There's, um, uh, I saw that, uh, that the Marine Corps marathon this year or last year did a 50 K added a 50 K. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is the first time I've heard of like a really big marathon adding a 50 K Yeah. option. Um, but it sold out in like 10 minutes. Wow. There you go. Just like the uh, just like the chicken sandwich or the vegan chicken sandwich at KFC. <laughs> That's in, right. In Atlanta, they tried. <laughs> we had uh, to sneak sneak in those. <laughs> so Lovely. Oh, we by the way, we definitely did uh, an impossible Whopper run yesterday. Stephen and I. He had no a good. full Asheville podcast experience. So <laughs> the thing about starting a tour like that's the Nomad Athlete Radio Asheville tour, where we just go to the <laughs> things that we've referenced. I think that's a great idea. Not that impossible whoppers are only Asheville, but. Anyway, uh, there are a couple more. Yeah, like Badwater, you didn't mention. That comes to mind as very famous road ultramarathon. That's kind of extreme distance. Um, yep. And then there is the 
I mean, there's several, but in recent years, whenever I've considered an ultra marathon, I've mainly looked at road ones because I'm just just not that interested in doing trails. Mm-hmm. And uh, the key, I forget what it's called, the Key West or the Keys or something. Oh yeah, uh, that hundred miler which runs along, you know, the uh, the bridges between the Keys. That is one. There used to be one called Graveyard in North Carolina, but I think that is now defunct. Uh, so anyway, they exist. You just gotta find. There's them. yeah. There's one. I think there's one that uh, oh, I forget what it's called. We run across the state of Tennessee. Laz from Barkley puts it on. Okay. Um, sure, I know who that is. You, you know who that is? <laughs> no, I don't. No, the, the race director of, of the Barkley marathons. Oh, okay. That's that's a crazy loop race in Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. That, I mean, surely you've seen the Netflix documentary. Yeah. Everybody's no, no, seen no, it. No, no, no. I haven't yeah, seen yeah. it. Okay. Well, no, you know, the, the race director. Gotcha. Um, anyway, he puts on one that you run across the state of Tennessee. Okay. And there's plenty right. of, like, there are plenty of, like, path ultramarathon. Right? They may not be a oh, road, yeah. but they're not real trails, real technical. They're just, you just go on a path, and it's that's probably mm-hmm. the best if you're looking for, you know, ease of not dying. <laughs> I mean, and there's, there, I mean, there are probably dozens or... Yeah, at least dozens of road ultramarathons. Yes, that we're not thinking of. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Before we, why don't we go back to Stephen? But before we do, why don't we take a second to uh, thank one of our sponsors? New sponsor. Yeah. This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Blinkist. Matt, let me tell you about one of my favorite new apps. As you know, with kids and work and training, it is hard to find time to do all the reading that I want. And usually, that means I'm not doing any reading at all. You're much better at getting in. The reading than I am. Enter Blinkist. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. 8 million people are using Blinkist right now and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, and history books. Just yesterday, Matt, while I was uh, out for a run, I used Blinkist to listen to How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. Have you, uh, have you heard about this one? That's one that several people have recommended to me, and uh, I don't know why, because I'm not, not someone, I'd say, that guy needs to know about psychedelics, but uh, <laughs> it's just, people seem to love that book. Well, it's, it's just fascinating to think about psychedelics and how it can kind of change your mind, how it can, uh, you know, like rewire your brain a little bit and help with addiction and different habit stuff. I mean, it's kind of... I've heard it can like, you can like skip 10 years of meditation just by eating some mushrooms just or something. By, just by doing some... <laughs> I read that in Sam Harris's book. <laughs> really? Yeah. Get that one yeah. on Blinkist. <laughs> yeah no but it's it's uh pretty cool and, and i'm gonna listen to another one today well on my run later today i think i'm gonna do uh oh the power of now ah have you read book. that yeah we talked about this I, he he has a new earth which i really like power of now not as into but mm. give it a go well i I don't have thankfully with blinkus i don't have to to that listen is, to the whole really <laughs> to read the they whole book have, have no mean athlete radio episodes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have Blinkist for Nomad Athlete Radio. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a very special offer just for the Nomad Athlete audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Nomeat for a free seven-day trial and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist.com, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash Nomeat to start your free seven-day trial and save 25%. All right, let's jump back to uh, back to live questions from Steven. Let's do it. Right. My next question, the reason I'm here, I guess, is because I discovered No Meat Athlete and just really enjoyed the podcast and didn't, never thought I'd be sitting in front of a microphone with Matt here. <laughs> but I'm curious, you guys are obviously podcast fans, so what else are you listening to at the moment? Ooh, good one. Uh, I'm obviously a podcast fan. I don't know, Matt, are you obviously a podcast fan? I used to be a podcast fan. My problem with podcasts is I don't have a 
place or time to listen to them. Mm. That's that's. I'm I'm kind of I'm getting back in and finding ways I can download because I don't have service around my house, cell phone service. So if I don't remember ahead of time to download one, then you know I don't have it usually when I'm in the car. So anyway, I, I have a few. You can go ahead. I'll I'll tell you mine at the end because it's sort of a. I'll, I'll be limping in with mine. They're not so good. Okay. Well, um, you know, now that I'm starting to listen to Blinkist, everything has been thrown for a loop, of course. But, uh, <laughs> right. yeah. but I, I listen to podcasts uh, very uh, throughout the day while I'm working in the car on runs. I listen to a lot of podcasts. But uh, kind of my go-tos, I guess I would say, like for news and political stuff, or the Daily, the New York Times podcast, um, Pod Save America for some liberal takes on the news. Um, I'm really into. Uh, I'm not a huge true crime podcast person, but I really like this podcast called Swindled, which I actually learned about from Jeff Sanders, the 5 a.m. miracle guy. Um, And I'm also really into this uh, podcast called Without Fail, where they just kind of interview successful people and talk about their failures and how they got to be successful. That's a good one. Um, Let's see. For like running and stuff, I listen to the Ultra Runner podcast um, I listen to the Billy Yang podcast, which he interviews a bunch of athletes and kind of people within the endurance world. Um, 99% Invisible. I love that one. They like take apart uh, or like go deep on an architectural design or some sort of, I don't know, uh, functionality or around uh, anything like a button or something like that and uh, just make it fascinating in these short little like 20 minute episodes. It's really good. Um, yeah, I guess that's about, those are my top at the moment. All right, good. When I was into podcasts, which was like a different era, basically in podcasting, it was, I don't know, 2015. Uh, I listened to the things that it seemed like everyone listened to then, at least in, in the entrepreneur circles that I was trying to be in, uh, like Tim Ferriss podcast, Mm -hmm. entrepreneur on fire, which I don't, I don't guess it's still around. I don't know. I haven't looked at these in a long time. Um, I still look up Tim Ferriss because, like, so my son Holden and I, we drive a lot. Every Friday now we drive down to Atlanta uh, for soccer, believe it or not, which is a long drive. He's in Atlanta United's, uh, like, youth program. Mm-hmm. So we get on there, and we've got these three-and-a-half-hour periods. So I, a lot of times I try to put on an interview for him that I think is going to be just kind of good mindset kind of training because it seems like a nice, you know, might as well do something in the car. Um, and so I will just find whatever I can. And, and there are some good Tim Ferriss ones that, um, you know, I just don't really listen to it anymore, but he has so many good guests, uh, and they kind of, you know, dissect what made them successful. And there are a lot of recurring themes. And, uh, I, I think that's pretty good stuff for a young person's brain. Sure. So still do that from time to time. And I do, I've mentioned it before, but the notes in Spanish podcast, they have oh, all yeah. these different mm-hmm. series of, of one native speaker and one non-native speaker. And they're just speaking, having Spanish conversations and it's kind of interesting. It just, I don't know. It's not, not about anything. It's like, I, I get actually why people like the introduction episode to the Nomad Athlete ones. Cause I don't, they're not really trying to teach you anything. They're just having a conversation and you're listening to it. And there's something about that that is just very relaxing. So, um, yeah, that's it. I, I used to do ritual and, and all those too, but like I said, I just don't have time for podcasts anymore. So I can't really, anything that's like an hour or two hours, I just, you know, just don't really have time to do it. Hmm. How do you fit in all those podcasts? Like, how do you possibly listen to eight or ten different things? <laughs> like I said, I listen to them uh, when I'm in the car, and I listen to them when, which I'm not in the car very often, actually. So that's probably not right. a good example. Runs. I mean, you know, a lot. I mean, a lot of these are like twenty to thirty minutes, 
And so I listen to them on the run or basically anytime I'm doing any sort of mindless activity for work, if I'm creating graphics or mm-hmm. going through spreadsheets or anything like that, I just put a podcast on. And uh, as long as I'm not writing or reading anything, then I can have a podcast going. Right. Gotcha. So, yeah. That's, uh, you, if, yeah, you can take some of my mindless no athlete work if you want and okay. then you'll have plenty of time. Okay. <laughs> I forgot to mention my very favorite podcast. Oh, man. Okay. Right. I know. Uh, reply all. I probably I probably mentioned it here before because I just I just love this podcast. It's a podcast about the internet and it's just so funny. It's so that good. Is funny actually. I can see that being good. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. What's next? I'm, I'm curious, Stephen, uh, if you have like two podcasts that you would recommend other than Nomad Athlete Radio. Mm, yeah. See, I'm subscribed to so many with so many different topics. If I have to pick two, mm. I'm really into this random one called Ten Junk Miles at the moment, which is mm-hmm. an ultra running podcast. So any runners or ultra runners out there it's not high quality or politically correct or anything it's just they call it the gang show so it's a bunch of friends who chat ultra and life and everything else so it's pretty much that 10 minutes that we're talking about at the start but for an hour or two or even more uh, another one i really enjoy is an english one called no such thing as a fish which is by this like researchers who find these weird and wonderful mm. facts from all over the world like statistics and did you know and mind-blowing and hilarious and it's like 20 minutes and it's just that's an, an enjoyable listen cool 20 minutes is good ours should be 20 minutes we should aim for 20 minutes <laughs> i thought it was 30 minutes last last week well I, I just think short things are good not because it means i mean I, I love doing them it's not like it's hard work to do one for 45 minutes but yeah i just i would listen to something so much more often if i saw 20 minutes on the list instead of 45 i do uh I, you know I, I tend to i am flocking migrating more and more towards these shorter things mm-hmm I think uh, that's where things are going. Yeah. Instead of the long form. Beers have gotten lower alcohol. <laughs> I think podcasts are going to get shorter. You know, uh, Trail Talk, my, my, my other podcast mm-hmm. was Quick Tips, and they were like 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, and, and uh, people love that. I mean, I used to get a ton of feedback, like, thanking uh-huh. me for keeping them short. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. good. Good to do. All right. What else you got, Stephen? Um, I've got a bunch more questions here, but one I'm really curious about is I've had a great time here in Asheville. It's exactly what I hoped it would be. And it's the mountains, the, the culture of the people, everything. But I'm curious if you guys didn't live in Asheville or nearby mm. in your case, where, where in the world would you like to live? Hmm. Would I like to live or where do I think I would practically live? <laughs> I think <laughs> if you had seen. the choice, like if you could be anywhere, your perfect choice. Matt, you, you can go. be anywhere. In, in, right, if you if, if yeah, and in these days of remote work, you pretty much yeah, can. We can. I guess. I guess expense and things. You got to take things into consideration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's certain places I really want to visit that I that I imagine I would love to live there, but I have never visited them, so I don't know. Um, I think Spain is cool, and my family we go there a lot recently, and in the future we go in there a lot more, even. Uh, so that's the one that comes to mind for me but it's not like i think there's something magical about spain that i just must must be living there uh but i'd like to just be in europe i think just to have access to so many different cultures and so much diversity you know two hour train right away Mm -hmm. uh, that that's amazing to me so i think that's somewhere in europe and spain because i can sort of speak spanish Mm -hmm. yeah uh i think i think i would love for i would love to have my family live down in uh, Chile again. I spent you know a year down there, and 
really loved it. Um, or Argentina maybe, but you know, for the same reason, just kind of in a place with a bunch of smaller countries where you can kind of access them pretty easily, get different cultures. And I don't know, I think that would be really cool if we lived for a while, uh, internationally, if we were living stateside, maybe Colorado, I like that. (laughs) Maybe, uh, (laughs) maybe Colorado, uh, you know, Boulder area or something like that. Denver, Mm -hmm. um, is really cool. It kind of fits my, my scene quite a bit, but practically speaking, if we were going to live anywhere else, it'd probably be somewhere in the, northeast um because that's where a lot of my wife's family lives and it's uh really nice up there there you go nice and cold nice and cold that's yeah that's that's the problem i don't really want to live in the cold (laughs) all right right. should we do a uh do a instagram question let's jump over to the gram all right matt what are your favorite running shoes oh my gosh i don't i don't i don't buy running shoes anymore yeah I still love Ultras. Ultra is, is the running shoe that I would buy if I were buying one. Um, I like how they're zero drop. I like how they are vegan. I like how they have a wide toe box, foot-shaped. Um, so that's my favorite running shoe. But these days, I really just run in whatever sneakers I have. Because I don't do long runs anymore. I just do hills and interval things. And that, I can wear my regular old sneakers for that. Fair? Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good Let's... running podcaster I am, huh? Yeah, great running podcaster. All right, you know, you all right, so I got, I got a new shoe. I, uh, I've been running ultras for a long time, but um, I've got a new shoe that I'm really into at the moment, and that is uh, Topo Athletics, which is this company I had never run in before until recently. Um, and I, run, I think it's the MT3s. And um, they they kind of take a lot of the characteristics of an ultra with a wide toe box and minimal drop but they um they don't limit themselves with the zero drop i think that the shoes i'm running in are um are four millimeter drop or something mm-hmm. how do you um, feel about that you're okay with that i, I mean is someone putting in a lot of miles you think that's not not gonna be a problem all right this may be controversial but i'm gonna go ahead and say it here first um i'm gonna say it here and and just uh you know come at me come okay. at me bro um right. i think I think a little bit of drop works way better for my body than zero ah, drop. Okay. Just there's not a lot, not like seven or eight or twelve or anything like that. Like right. somewhere in the three to four range. So nature designed your your heel to be a little bit too low than than it. I don't know. I just it feels way more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you could argue that we're not meant to run as much as you run. I, there's I know there's a whole born to run philosophy, but maybe we're not <laughs> meant to run that much, and a little drop does help us. Yeah, I don't know. It just it feels good, and um and so I I've just I've been really digging this. Uh, the shoe. I mean, I still run in zero drop shoes sometimes, and I still run in all kinds of shoes. Actually, uh, this past year, I've been rotating shoes quite a bit with a ver- huge variety of different different mm-hmm. types of shoes. But this Topo Athletic, I'm really into it. It's a great shoe and a good company that um, that I had honestly never even given a second or given a second look before. And coincidentally, our newest podcast sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. No, <clears throat> not being paid. No affiliation with this. Uh, with this company at all good speaking of podcast sponsors <laughs> yeah. should we should we thank our second sponsor our second new sponsor which is always good i know you know ads are ads but these sponsors are super important and uh i love that we have two yeah absolutely this and episode, two great ones that i'm excited about that's very true 
This episode is brought to you by Vistro. Vistro is a nationwide, 100% plant-based meal delivery service. In fact, Vistro is the number one plant-based meal delivery service in America. All right. They're quick and easy, no prep work, chopping, or cleaning involved. All Vistro meals can be heated and served, so you can enjoy a hot, healthy, and delicious meal whenever you're hungry. And they can be made without a microwave, which I really like. Mm. Vistro meals have no added preservatives, using organic ingredients and fresh frozen for maximum taste and nutrition. They'll keep in the freezer for up to 10 weeks, and since they only serve plant-based meals, they're really good at it with satisfying meals like country fried chicken, Tuscan calzones, enchilada casserole, red curry, and lots, lots more. Doug, is that the ones they said you had to write, or did you write those? <laughs> those are ones that I think it's uh, some of their top six or something. Okay, because the ones, the two that I've had have been delicious, and they're not those. They're the breakfast burrito mm-hmm. and the uh, pasta bolognese, and they, I was shocked at how good they were. Yeah, I, the, I had, didn't, uh, Katie had the breakfast burrito, but I had the pasta... And it was it was delicious, and the red curry was also really good. You know, so last week these arrived for us to try out ahead of the uh, this sponsorship here, and um, it arrived. I was like having a bad day. It arrived at the exact right time uh, for like just it was like a sigh of relief to know that we had a whole bunch of meals that were plant based and, and healthy and actually tasty, not just like you know grocery store frozen meals. Um, right there, it was really nice. It is nice. It's it's. I've I tend to skip lunch because just because I don't have it. Like if I happen to be out of things in the freezer that we've made ahead of time, uh, or you know if we went out to eat last night or just for whatever reason don't have leftovers, uh, I will just end up snacking or eating nothing for lunch. And I've eaten you know some uh, really the one good lunch and the one late breakfast burrito, uh, and it has fit in just perfectly. Vistro offers free shipping on all orders, and right now you can try the six most popular Vistro meals for just forty nine dollars. Visit tryvistro.com slash NMA. That's T-R-Y-V-E-E-S-T-R-O.com slash NMA. No commitment, pause or cancel anytime, but you can only get that $49 deal at tryvistro.com slash NMA. Do you think Vistro is bistro, but for vegans, Vistro? I'm guessing that's that's where they came up with it. I like it. All right. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, get Steven on here to take a few more questions. All right. Okay, well, while we're on the topic of food, um, I'm curious. I have this, certainly. There are sometimes some seasons in my life where I'm just one type of cuisine, one type of food is just all I can eat, and I just have a taste for that, and it's never satiated. So I'm wondering, have either of you guys got that at the moment? Is there any one type of food you just can't get enough of? Hmm. Aside from Vistro, of course. (laughs) Yeah. You're learning the weight of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know what I am really into? This is this is not quite an answer to that question, um, but I keep making homemade seitan, and I keep eating hmm. it, and it's delicious. And I've been making like chorizo style, like Spanish chorizo style seitan, which is just has like some uh, pep- smoked paprika and a little bit of cinnamon and some of these different herbs. I mean, nothing or different spices. It's nothing like that interesting, but it's just wheat gluten, and you just and I just I don't know. Maybe it's all the fake meat around these days. Uh, that has got me having the taste for it, and I feel like if I make it at home, at least I'm doing a little bit better than getting Impossible Whoppers. But uh, <laughs> I keep making it, and I, and I just keep eating it. Huh. I, I've never made soon. homemade seitan. That's... It's remarkably easy. It seems like this thing that would be difficult to make, but I don't know. Somehow the ease of making it at home also makes me feel like, well, it's not that process then. If I can just take... Mm-hmm. I mean, you can literally get flour and rinse the starch off of it, and you're left with the gluten. And then that mixed with some water becomes seitan. Hmm. Or you can just buy wheat gluten and mix it with water. <laughs> wow, um, that's that's cool. That's, I gotta try that. Yeah. 
I have been, uh, this is kind of a lame answer, but, um, corn chips, <laughs> corn chips. Yep. Corn chips and, um, bud coats books. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> no, uh, I, you know, I just, I have been really into my garden this year and, um, and like the process of growing everything. And I get so excited about anything that comes from it. And, you know, they're probably not that much better or any better than, I mean, there's certainly no better than what we get at like the farmer's market or anything like that. But I've been obsessed with like our tomatoes and making tomato sauce and, you know, our peppers and our hot peppers and trying to, roast and do all these types of things with the different veggies and uh you know we're we're growing a bunch of greens right now for the fall and i don't know i've just been really really into that so that's that's a pretty lame answer to your question but um i just there's something about uh like when you're you know kind of like making seitan for you i don't know something there's something about doing it yourself that is is addicting and you get a lot of pride with that yeah and some things are just way better like garden tomatoes i mean they're just you just can't, I mean, maybe, maybe if you go to the right farmer's market, you can find good ones, but I feel like the ones that come out of your garden are just as good as it gets when it comes to tomatoes. Yeah. Especially, I mean, compared to grocery store tomatoes. Or yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, lame answer, but that's all I got. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Steven, you got another? Should we do one and more? And be sure to speak right up into the mic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think that last answer was lame either. I thought that was very wholesome. It's oh, good. Um, very vegan friendly of you. <laughs> um, I've got a couple more, but I would say, so if you weren't an ultra runner or Matt, when you were running much more, if you guys weren't doing that, what do you think would be your go-to sport? Do you think you'd excel at anything else? Hmm. Oh, well, I got to go disc golf, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's that's that's a sport. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's my jam. Okay. Um, no, uh, if, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe cycling. I think endurance stuff is like, uh, is the only thing that really kind of gets me gets my juices flowing stuff I can do by myself and do for a long time. So like long distance cycling or even maybe a little bit of swimming, I get in the pool and enjoy that quite a bit. Um, yeah. You know what? So I played golf in high school and I was fairly good at it, but never amazing at it. Um, so I'd be okay with that if I, if I put a bunch of time into it. Um, I used to be really good at, at weightlifting and like actually lifting up, you know, a, a lot of weight compared to my body weight. Hmm. And, I've since got on 23andMe, and it said something about jeans, and you have the uh, the powerlifter. Like, it, it said if, if you're going to be picking a sport to specialize in, you should do powerlifting just based on you have this one gene, which who knows how much that means. Maybe maybe they tell a third of people that, which seems odd considering powerlifting is probably a very neat sport. Um, but anyway, I've, I've that, that is probably one of the things I was most good at as far as just, just being good at a sport without having to, like, have done a lot of practice at it. Hmm. So, yeah. Do you know what I wish I was into again? What? That I was into back in college? Racquetball. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know if that's really a sport. I mean, I guess that's a sport. I call that a sport. Yeah. Uh, I used to play so much racquetball in high school and in college. And I haven't played in years, years and years. I don't understand how people don't hit each other with their rackets in racquetball. It just seems like such a tiny little place. And the ball is zipping around. Just not that big a deal? No. Never been hit. I did go through a glass, uh, or I didn't, my friend went through a glass um, wall. Okay. Well, that's not that big a deal. <laughs> yeah. He hit it wrong, and it had been installed wrong or something, and we were playing, and uh, <laughs> he, like, literally went through the glass, like, the back wall that was all glass. Wow. Yeah, it was really bad. 
It was scary. <laughs> scary. Yeah. All right. So, All right. Uh, what do we want? Should we do right. one more from Steven, one more from Instagram, or just... Yeah, let's do one more from Instagram here, and then we'll close, wrap it up with a one final one from Steven. Okay. All right. Um, how, how do you recover quickly from a, a marathon race when you have another marathon two weeks later? Ooh. Well, the first thing I would say is don't have a marathon two weeks later. That's my <laughs> yeah. first piece of advice. Um, because I don't know why you would do that. But, I mean, I guess if you're trying to run a lot of marathons, then then fine. But that's not the way to run a fastest marathon or keep yourself injury-free or any of that. So, I, I mean, whatever. Some people like that, and I get that. Uh, I personally would not do that. Um, but how do you kind of like, you know, do a do a quick, speedy recovery sort of thing? I would say... I mean, minimal running, I guess, and then just all the all the normal things, ice baths, maybe compression stuff, maybe foam rolling. Uh, as I've said before, I really think eating plant-based food, um, specifically fresh fruits and vegetables, you can focus on the anti-inflammatory ones if you want, uh, but I think just so many of them have those properties that they're just really good. So I think, I think diet, and especially fresh, raw even, fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a huge huge piece of of recovery that a lot of people just ignore yeah yeah diet um sleep lots of sleep and and hydration and uh yeah and then like you said just kind of like staying loose doing the foam rolling or the you know walking around jogging a little bit but um yeah stay rested and what about the running like would you would you say you should be running that second week a little bit like a like a taper week kind of thing or just yeah I, i i mean i wouldn't not run for two weeks um definitely not uh, but but not any hard intense workouts either. So I'd kind of ease in with a couple really gentle, you know, thirty minute super slow runs, and then maybe have a couple in the like four to five mile range, or maybe even like a six mile, like just really easy. But loosens you up, get the body, the leg, and the body moving, get the lactic acid going, and then you know you don't want to also don't want to lose any fitness, right? So um, and just kind of maintain as best you can, but then taper back down the final week and also i don't know what this person's goals are with the two marathons but like if you don't trash yourself in that first marathon it's going to help you a whole lot and if you treat that first marathon as a really slow long run that is preparing you for the next marathon yeah um you know that that could almost be a a proper training strategy probably a little bit too much distance for that you might want to keep it to more you know 20 22 miles uh and you might want a little more time between the your longest long run and your and your race but you know that wouldn't be the worst strategy in the world. So I would say take it easy on that on that first marathon and try to run fast in the second. Yeah, definitely not. Um, so I, I would if you were gonna if you were gonna race one, I would say race the second one. Take the first one easy. Yeah, unless unless you have perfect training leading up to that first one, and then that's you true. That one and then that's you true. If you do have perfect training, second. then yeah, then no, that's a good point. Yeah. If you can taper properly, if you can train properly and taper properly for the first one, then you'll be properly. Yeah, then you don't have to worry about the whole recovery thing because then you can just, uh, you know, booze heavy and stay up really late and eat a bunch of junk food and then just kind of wobble your way across yeah, the second take one. Yeah, a victory lap. Mm-hmm. High five, people. <laughs> All right. Last one. Steve, yep. Steven, what you got? Okay. I got one more, so that worked out well. Um, we've been talking about good food and good training and ideal strategies and all that, but I'm thinking in the real world, what vices do you allow yourself? Like what, what's the thing <laughs> that's not really that healthy? But it just relaxes you. It just keeps you in a social life or something like that. Things we can say on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, oh. Go ahead. 
Okay. So alcohol is definitely the least healthy thing that I consume. I'm pretty aware of that. Uh, and if people, some people argue about alcohol being healthy. And if, you, if you're one of those people, listen to our, we have an episode from a couple months ago called, Is There Really No Safe Level of Drinking or something like that? And it sort of talks about the, the sort of Blue Zones um, Mediterranean approach to drinking wine as potentially something that is beneficial uh, or mm-hmm. other alcohols as well. And some recent studies that have shown that that's not the case. I, you know, I still like to think that it is and that it leads to nice social interactions and relaxation. I don't really know where I stand on that. Um, I know that it just helps me and I feel like I'd like, you know, one drink at the end of the day. But it'd be nice if I just didn't didn't always do that. I would like that. Um, so that's probably mine. I also, as I've mentioned many times, play a little bit of video games these days. <laughs> and uh, sometimes that gets out of hand. But it's... Uh, it's it's nice. I like I like having something that is fun. It's I'm not trying to self improve or something, and it just feels like I'm wasting time. Yeah, so that's what, that's what I got. Yeah, mine. I mean, without a doubt, is also alcohol. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> you know I you know a, a typical day I'll have a beer, but uh, there I mean there's times when I have you know more than one for sure, and uh, and I don't you know tend to feel guilty about that. But if I was gonna change one thing about my health, it would it would probably be that. Um, you know, but I also enjoy it, I guess. I don't want to justify it or anything because that's slippery slope, but, but alcohol is definitely the vice. And then, uh, yeah, I mean my phone, God, if I could change one habit, I spend way too much time looking at my, my darn phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instagram still. Yeah. Instagram, man. It's the one that I, you know, I've gotten rid of Facebook. I think I told you guys that, um, Mm -hmm. or told the podcast, told the anime world that um i took facebook off of off my phone which was great but i still use instagram and uh, i still use twitter sometimes as well mm. and right. i don't know just it's too much yeah well i think it seems that there's definitely a trend towards uh smart solutions to that like apps that limit your time with certain things and i think just technology is getting better at serving us in that way rather than, than always being like doing everything possible to keep us addicted. Uh, so right. I think, I think there's a, a growing movement towards that. So I think, I think that's, this problem will be solved fairly soon Doug, for you. <laughs> I hope so. I really do. You know, maybe I can replace uh well, not to plug on a, a sponsor again, but maybe I can place uh replace Instagram with reading through a, a Blinkist. There you go. <laughs> All, All right. right. Steven, this was uh it was, it was great to meet you last night. Officially meet you. Um, yeah, and, likewise. And uh, I'm glad you could join us here for, for some questions. This was fun. I'm, I'm delighted to be on the podcast again. And yeah, it was a pleasure to meet you. I think we had a good night. And uh, yeah, thank you guys very much. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you, Doug. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week, I hope. <laughs> we will. Okay. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.